Welcome to Constantinople, a podcast of the St. Constantine School, where we have great conversations in a great city. I am Kate Gilbert, and I am the head of academics for the. Oh my lands! You're Kate Gilbert. Would I know. you like to explain that? The last time I talked to you, you were Kate McDonald. <laughs> I got married two months ago today, and congratulations! Thank congratulations. you. Lunaversary. And it's and you're nice you're word. hanging in there. It sounds like. Yeah, we've made it a whole two months. Highest <laughs> <laughs> all of human happiness. I hope you're going out to celebrate tonight. I often introduce myself to people as Kate Mac Gilbert because I start the start, wrong name. Start the yeah, wrong name. So people think I have a really I, weird name. I will tell you, this summer this is John Mark Reynolds. We're doing our 30th anniversary. Oh, that's and wonderful. so it's so I can tell you this: we're more happily married at our 30th anniversary by a light year than our first, and we were happily married mm-hmm. in our first year. So it is possible. Yes, this is John Mark Reynolds, the president of the St. Constantine School, and we're also here with. Dr. Bob Stacy, and your title is Provost. (laughs) You are, in fact, the best provost in America. I can say. I know I'm not the best president. I, I, I feel good about the president of the United States. I don't feel good about others, but you are the best provost in the U.S. So I wouldn't want any other president either. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Speaking of great. We also have Megan Muller, our director of operations and development. Shucks, guys. What does that even mean, Megan? It means I develop things and then operate them. <laughs> wow. It's important. That, that we clarifies. Need both those things. Yep. So the interesting thing about this podcast is uh, those of you who I uh, care about the kind of ministries we've been involved in will know that this group of people is interested in almost everything. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I often say that the podcast to this group should be like NPR's All Things Considered. Uh, it can talk about anything, and then Bob, you said only unlike NPR's All Things Considered, will actually consider all things. Yes, that's, that's right. as opposed to the narrow wedge of things that people who read the New York Times book review uh, think are important. I so I'll say all things considered with air quotes you can't see right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this this uh, podcast is captioned, for here but for, not really. But for our very first episode, we wanted to focus on what in the world we're doing here what the St. Constantine School is and, and why we're all a part of it. Well, let me let me take a shot at the short answer. I mean, I get asked this a lot mm-hmm. because uh, a lot of people realize I was offered the job of a president of a regular school uh, informally and got into more formal talks about it. But if you knew what we were doing here, you'd know why I would rather be doing this than anything I can think of, even if it's more secure. I mean, a startup is always insecure. I mean, this is our first podcast. I hope it's not our last podcast. <laughs> uh, Imagine uh, my grandfather uh, went through the eighth grade and finished school and was upper middle class or middle class by West Virginia standards, lower middle class in lots of other places, but did well. And my family had been in the United States for 300 years. Nobody made it past the eighth grade. It just wasn't necessary. The reason my grandfather didn't get past the eighth grade was because high school is far away. Not because they couldn't afford it. They could have afforded to send him to high school. He just would have had to go to Charleston. That was miles and miles away. It wasn't worth it, given what he wanted to do with his life. Uh, About a decade later, after the Second World War or so, he would have gone to high school because high school was pushed down to the one through eight schools that he went to. Now, the idea behind the St. Constantine School is we've now added kindergarten, of course, too. Uh, Kindergarten through Eighth grade became kindergarten through twelfth grade, or really one through twelve, and then K through twelve. I didn't go to kindergarten because it didn't exist yet in West Virginia. I'll never make it academically as a result. <laughs> I, I think 
and became absolutely convinced with this group of people as we sat and talked that the time has come for undergraduate college, at least for a lot of people, people who aren't going to Rice or Harvard or Texas A&M, to be pushed down to the high school level so that it becomes K through college. And then you go off to grad school to get your MBA or your law degree or your medical degree uh, at one of the prestigious graduate programs in the United States. Grad school is done really well in the United States, mm -hmm. but undergraduate college, even at some of these prestigious sure. places, sure. and certainly at a lot of Christian places that don't have the resources, has become enormously expensive, twenty to $40,000 in debt. You know, I could tell you horror stories, but the average is twenty to forty thousand. That's still a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Imagine squeezing that debt out by enabling a twenty-year-old to graduate with a BA and get on with their life, go to grad school, or take two or three years off, get an actual job, experience that, then go to grad school with that work experience. Everybody's always saying after grad school they need it. The Saint Constantine uh, School project academically consists of being uh, K through college. In terms of who we serve, we serve the broader body of Christ all over the nation, but particularly in the great city of Houston, and I think ultimately in partnership with the great city of New York City, uh, through my most recent appointment at the King's College as a senior fellow in the humanities. Uh, but we're also here to serve in particular our sponsoring, our we're family that we come out of is the Antiochian Orthodox Church. Uh, and if you're not Orthodox, you might think, why would I want to send my kid to an Orthodox school? If you are Orthodox, help us. We need, we're for you. <laughs> we're your family. Uh, we need your help. It's because of this. The Orthodox Church has experienced the two great problems of the 20th and 21st centuries, the problems that America faces today. You know, it was the Orthodox Church uh, where at least 25 million to 60 million Christians were killed in the Soviet Union in the name of godless atheism which is growing all over the world. And of course, many of our listeners would have put that Arabic symbol for Nazarenes on their Facebook pages or Twitter pages. Those are the Antiochian Christians who are being beheaded by ISIS or their uh, churches are being destroyed. Some of them thousands of years old, and I mean thousands of years old in places like Iraq and Syria. Mm -hmm. So why the St. Constantine School? A community that has conquered in the name of Jesus against what they would say are the tyrant's strengthless presumption uh, of atheism and radical perverted Islam uh, is putting forth a school for all Christians and even non-Christians who want to put up with our Christianity. Uh, the team here comes from all different church backgrounds. So we're an Orthodox school for everyone that's also K through college. And will drive the debt and waste and administrative creep out of education. So that's me talking a lot. But as I sat down and thought, why do I not just want a regular college presidency? Why do I not just want to be a provost somewhere? Or go back to teaching, which I love doing. Or retire and write is another option I had. Go to a think tank and just sit and write and, and do my blogging. Mm -hmm. uh, things that are successful for me. Uh, first of all, our country needs this. We need education that's God-centered and unafraid to name the name of Christ. We also need education that gets rid of 500 bureaucrats for every teacher. Uh, everyone knows that's a problem. It's not a problem of one school. It's a problem of every school. Uh, and everyone knows we need to drive the debt out of education. And the Orthodox community knows that if we are to survive and our heritage is to go forward, it's going to be here in the United States because, unfortunately, the homeland, you know, Lebanon, Syria, Palestine, 
Mesopotamia is in real trouble and mm -hmm. is going to be in real trouble for the decades to come. Something I would like to know from all of us, um, we all came from universities before this Yes. Um, for our jobs and moved into K through college education. Um, Megan, I know that in your previous work, you've worked a lot with students who came in unprepared. And so I wonder what about K through 12 you think needs to be emphasized in order for kids to really be ready for college? Well, um, I've seen this time and time again in my work previously, but um, I know it's true for my own personal life that the uh, education and instruction that forms a child uh, has a great deal to do with their ability to perform at the levels that are expected at a university setting. So, I mean, th that's the great thing about starting in kindergarten. You're getting students right around the age when they're learning to read. So you might come from a family like my own where my parents really... Uh, literacy was a high priority to my parents, and so I was reading before I even went to preschool by myself. But there are, are families that are looking for a full-time school that they can trust will teach their child the things that they don't have time to do because they're busy working or they're not, they're not able to dedicate that time to do it themselves, but they want the best for their children. When you think about things like that, it becomes, you know manifest, it's so apparent that what you need is a school that's going to allow students to come in no matter whether they have an experience or background with homeschooling and have gotten that instruction at home or they have parents that are really hoping to entrust their students to experts. If you can get them in the ground, in, on the ground floor starting at, around the age when they're learning to read, it means that all of that really critical development that's going to take place in the next 18 years of their life, you can see that coming to fruition and, and ideally a, a place like the St. Constantine School where they can continue that with adults in their life that are consistent role models. Um, mm -hmm. Teachers who, you know, they, they leave their class but they don't leave that school. It's a really, really exciting opportunity for students to really excel and reach those benchmarks that are expected to, you know, do things that are materially successful like get a great score on the SAT. Um, these benchmarks that parents want for their students, we can we can hit all of those material, you know, sort of surface level benchmarks that parents and students want, but we can also do the deep work of important learning that allows students to enrich their lives so that what they're doing in the classroom is improving the life that they have with their families, it's improving their ability to uh, be a useful part of their church even though they're young. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's that kind of growth and development that I think uh, is especially encouraging with this, with this school project that will remedy a world of difficulties and trials and um, disappointments and frustrations that students often experience when they finally did get to me at the college level um, in the past. Megan, that gets me really excited. And Bob, that makes me mm -hmm. think of a question for you and Kate in particular. Um, maybe this is the West Virginian in me growing up there, but here's what I know. Houston has some fine schools, and it has some elite schools, some of the best schools in the United States. Uh, K-12, through Rice is the best school in Texas by outside evaluation. I know this, Reynoldses didn't get to go to those schools, mm -hmm. uh, even when we did go to school, yeah. and we didn't get the kind of education the Bush sure. family sure. would have given sure. to young George or young George eight, you know, W or Jeb. Uh, what when you think about the St. Constantine School, I sort of think about like Phillips Exeter for everyone, mm -hmm. uh, you know, elite education for everyone that they can afford. Uh, talk to me about that because I think that's something new about us. Classical education, sure, you could get that in Houston for twenty k. Mm -hmm. Sure, but there's no reason it has to be that way, right? There's nothing about the classical method that screams elitism. 
It can be elite in the sense that it's excellent, but it doesn't have to be elite in the sense that it's exclusive or reserved for a certain class or a certain kind of student. And, and I think there's plenty of room in Houston for, uh, for taking this style of education to people who can genuinely use it, who would be enthusiastic to have it, but don't need to pay $20,000 a year or more to get it. Talk to me about diversity because uh, you know, we both worked in very diverse educational, I, I, we both have all of our lives. Um, why is it so important for students that don't come from wealthy families to get an education like this in mm -hmm. Constantine School? Well, in a, you know, a place like America, you know, that, that movement between classes, between sort of situations and statuses has always been kind of a part of what we are. But, but today that gets harder and harder. And uh, you know, there's almost this sort of, you know, sort of fixedness about, about that because the educational opportunities aren't what they used to be. And uh, here's a way I think we can kind of recapture that and, and bring... A, a very valuable education in leadership, an education in in you know mobility of a, of a useful kind mm -hmm. to a population that wouldn't necessarily have it otherwise. Lang language yeah. of power, Kate. There's there's a phrase that I at least first heard, though I'm sure they didn't invent it, from our friends at the Great Heart Charter Schools out of Arizona, moving into Texas, where their mission is is because they believe that the best for the best is best for all. So, wow. so the kind of education that... Can we steal that? I know, right? <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever heard that. I hear the great arts people, but awesome. Yeah, so if, if what we've been giving our elite members of society is what we should be giving everyone. Right. Um, and that is never more true than in a democracy. We need informed and... Um, virtuous citizens to be casting their votes and participating in government and business and every area of life, right? We're not, we're not governed by one elite family like in the Middle Ages. We, right. we're, we all have to be part of this. And right. so everyone needs to have these opportunities to have good information in front of them and the critical thinking skills they well, need to, to understand it. That's right. I mean, I get asked, why did you name it the St. Constantine School? And I guess our board did, but why did I suggest it back when I was the only employee? And the answer is not because St. Constantine was a perfect guy. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, he was a great man and a godly man in the end, but I could list his imperfections for you. And we would never want to repeat his method of government, for mm -hmm. example. Uh, he lived in a certain time. But the one thing he got right was this. He got the big thing right. Just like Winston Churchill had problems with race and other problems, but he got the big thing of his generation right, namely that Hitler had to be stopped. And so, you know, people on both the left and the right admire him. We don't admire his faults. So Constantine understood that it was only the church as an organizing idea and principle that could save classical civilization from disappearing. You know, if you like Plato and Aristotle, if you like science, uh, it's Constantine who decided that only the Church of Jesus Christ could carry that forward. Mm -hmm. So when he built the city, Constantinople, the name of our podcast, he made sure that in that city, there was continuing what we would call secular education, it was run by Christians, but they studied secular topics that went on and on and on. And of course, he ended the persecution of the church without making, uh, this mistake was made later by Theodosius, Christianity, the official religion of the Roman Empire. He favored Christianity, but he didn't outlaw other religions. Practically speaking, from a from the perspective of the time and place that we're in now, I mean, you know, you look at Houston, and it's it's a promising city. It's uh, it's full of life. It's one of the most diverse cities in the country, if not the most diverse. Um, but we're also the state of Texas. I think is forty seventh 
ranked in high school graduation. Yes. yes. So, you know, of the states in the union, we are at the bottom of the barrel as far as it goes, you know, as far as even just getting our students to graduate from high school. So when you look at Houston, it's really, the, the city is perfectly poised to offer this kind of classical education to students who couldn't maybe necessarily afford it in the iterations in which it currently exists in our city because we are in a prosperous time in a prosperous place. But when you look at Texas and the greater needs, and you know that's going on in our city too. It's not like those are all just people out in, you know, out in the country or something. It's going on here in our city and knowing that we're not even seeing a decent number of students make it through high school. Our, I mean, our, it's, it's our convicting. Good, our good yeah. conservative Christian friend, friend of, of, of mine, Marvin Olasky, who runs World Magazine, where I do some movie reviewing, uh, is involved in Houston a lot. And they ran a cover article on the city of Houston I was involved in that talked about the fact that Houston is a tale of two cities, a little bit like Los Angeles. Uh, it's a great place to be wealthy, and it's even, unlike Los Angeles, a great place to be middle class. Unfortunately, unlike a lot of American cities, we have a huge and perpetual underclass. Partly that's a problem of race. You know, we're in Texas. It was part of the Confederacy. We still have to deal with that heritage of racism. It's important. Uh, but partly it's because of uh, immigration. We're the most diverse city in the United States, which often shocks my friends from Los Angeles. This is the port city of the Caribbean. Uh, Bob, as you think about all of this, you're the chief academic officer, uh, and with Cade, who designs curriculum and things like that. As you think about doing this, is this doable for the kind of money we're going to charge? Well, you know, you think about where classical education came from. You know, in, in the ancient world, this wasn't an elaborate, you know, well-funded enterprise. It was, uh, you know, it was a small handful of people. You know, they didn't have tremendous resources. They didn't have, they didn't have the internet for crying out loud. <laughs> right. And somehow they managed to educate <coughs> generations upon generations. Maybe the internet is marginally people. helpful, he says, as we talk over the internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's good for podcasting. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I just, I love the fact that you know. Plato could take a stick in the dirt and, and instruct, right? Uh, so, yeah, this is definitely doable. It's not, it doesn't have to, like we said, it doesn't have to cost a fortune, uh, it, but it's accessible. It's, it's the kind of thing that, that could change lives and should change lives, uh, but it doesn't have to cost a fortune to do it. Well, let's get down to college. I mean, I've been involved in numerous college programs. I've worked as a consultant to numerous colleges. So, again, this isn't one school in particular, uh, but colleges find themselves more and more uh, to do their job uh, maybe 30% of kids' tuition, 35% of kids' tuition goes to academic programs. Well, imagine a school where 80% of tuition went to academic programs. There would be, we won't plan parties as well. <laughs> uh, we won't have all the services that some people want. You know, uh, schools are turning into resorts. Great. If that's what you want to do, we're not that school. But imagine a school where everybody was a teacher, from the president on down, uh, I, all the admins are expected to teach. Mm -hmm. Kate, as we look at cost and things, what are we talking about? Uh, I, I suppose this first podcast amounts to a commercial. Yeah. It won't normally be. Uh, but what are we talking about cost? And, and I have to say, you've run one of the most successful dual enrollment programs in the United States, you know, 9, mm -hmm. nine through 12, 6 through 12 education at one point. I'd like to know why you're doing this when you're already a winner <laughs> uh, and what it's going to cost people to do it. Um. No, no student in the school from K through 12 will ever spend more than $10,000 a year going, wow. going to St. Constantine. And some tuition rates, depending on the program that you choose, are significantly less, 50% of that. Um, and in college, we're talking about a third of the cost of most Christian universities. 
um, when we look at our tuition rate. Now, this is still not nothing, right? Like, um, this would have been something that would be a stretch for my family to afford. Mine but too. It, but it would have been possible. Right. And um, for our college students in particular, we wanted to pick a, a tuition rate that it is possible to work your way through college. So it's, it's a sacrifice. You're, you're probably living with a bunch of roommates, and you're working on the side, and you're paying your tuition bills. Sa sacrifice is a good thing, right? It I, is. It I is a good a lot thing. of college students, yeah. and the free ride people sometimes struggled. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, as we looked at tuition, we wanted it to be so that a uh, working class family mm -hmm. could sacrifice reasonably, not sacrifice eating, right. but sacrifice without going into debt. Yeah, and um, college college is a great privilege. Um, right. Even now, you know, it's... It's nowhere near the majority of Americans that get to go to college. It's about a so, third. Yeah, so if you're working for it, you probably should be working for it. Right. And we're going to help you make that doable. Um, final thoughts from anybody? What should our listeners remember? Uh, I've talked a lot, <laughs> but uh, for one thing, we're just getting started. We have actually even new equipment that mm -hmm. we're setting up. So if the podcast sounds fuzzy, <laughs> coming in and out. because uh, we're underwater. Yeah. We are. We are underwater uh, doing this. The dolphin pictures that you see going across the screen are actual dolphins. I, I, I just think there's lots of good reasons to be excited about this. K through college, who's doing that? I'm um, the happiest I've ever been. An affordable, an affordable, but an excellent education. Um, these are just, these are virtues that, that we ought to be, you know. Come on, Bob, telling. you could be anywhere. Why'd you end up here? Because I'm so thrilled to be doing exactly that, to be, mm. to be helping helping shape those minds, but not in a way that's sort of, again, it's not, it's not exclusive, it's not elite, it's it's accessible. For, for those of you who followed my career, I can tell you this. This team of four people, uh, my cabinet, uh, and we'll add another couple of people uh, to the cabinet soon, but this team of four people, I wouldn't have done this project if they weren't here. And so they'll never, you know, and I, I suppose there was a moment where I sat in a room with a yellow legal pad and put some things together. But from maybe the first month forward, it's been all four of these people doing everything. Every decision has been mutual and unanimous, and I wouldn't have done it any other mm -hmm. way. Megan? Yeah, I, I completely agree. So, I mean, our original question, I guess, was what in the world are we doing? I think we're doing it's something. It's been awesome. Yeah, something that should have been done sooner, but we're happy to be the ones to, to get it done here in, in Houston. Great school in a great city, yeah. and we'll talk about New York City maybe in the next mm -hmm. podcast. If you want to find out more about the St. Constantine School, you can go to our website, stconstantine.org. That's St. spelled out, uh, not S-T. And we'll be hearing a lot for, more from us, both in podcasts, on Facebook. Um, find us, follow us, and join us. This has been Constantinople, a podcast of the St. Constantine School. Thanks for listening. <laughs>